Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. WRKS Pickens Jackson. You ready? Let's go! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, live in the Bank Plus studio and streaming worldwide on the Out of Bounds radio app. Excited to have you along for the ride in our number three, Blake Scott filling in for Bo Bounce. He's out on assignment, rocking and rolling. We're just holding the fort down here. In the Bank Plus studio, talking a little college football, win totals, a little NFL QB discussion, and more. The Out of Bounds Show, powered by MSSmarthomes.com. That's right, Mississippi Smart Homes, MSSmarthomes.com. you got to check them out. Jake Manning and the crew, a local family and a local company, MSSmarthomes.com. They'll take care of you. Come check out your house, free consultation for home automation, and that's what you need to make your life more comfortable, MSSmarthomes.com. Don't go into football season without the state-of-the-art, the best, the brightest, the nicest, the easiest to work. Home theater system, MSSmarthomes.com. Been talking a little college football over the last hour as Steve Robertson joined us in the 8 o'clock hour. If you missed any of that, you can check it out on the podcast, Out of Bounds Podcast, or of course, if you don't have it, you need to have it, the Out of Bounds Radio app. That's right. The Out of Bounds Radio app is free to download, free to use, and free to enjoy. And you can take the show and the station, 105.9 The Zone, anywhere you'd like to go. The live stream is rocking and rolling nationwide, worldwide, wherever you'd like to be. And of course, the podcast is always available on the Out of Bounds Radio app. Just download it, whether you're uh, Apple iTunes, Google Play Store, wherever you might be, the Out of Bounds radio app will take care of you. We're talking Matt Corral earlier. It's it's been the hottest topic right now. Ole Miss trending on Twitter because of Matt Corral's comments and the article 
subsequently posted by Sports Illustrated. That's right. SI.com wrote an article with the headline, Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral regrets going to Ole Miss. That yeah. <laughs> feels like a cut and dry statement, but it is so much more than that. And the Ag Up Equipment text line has been hot today. Hot with some texts and some thoughts on Matt Corral's comments. You want to weigh in with your thoughts on the discussion? Here it is. The Ag Up Equipment text line, 601-885-3776. That's right. 885-3776 is the Ag Up Equipment text line. Easy to use. You can join in on the show whether you have thoughts on Matt Corral and his comments about Ole Miss whether you have thoughts on Steve Robertson's interview about Mississippi State football, where he thinks the season is going. We talked about how important the start of the year is. You cannot start slow like you did last year. Remember, everyone thinks about the Auburn comeback, and understandably so, when you score 40 straight points and come back from down 28-3. to It's a big comeback on the road. I mean, that's that's a record-setting comeback for almost any program in the country, but especially a program in Mississippi State that has struggled to score the football. But forget, they were down 20 to La Tech to start the year at home. And yeah, they came back, but ooh, don't go down to Memphis. You open with Memphis on September 3rd in Startville, in Davis Wade Stadium. If you find yourself down early to Memphis, and I'm not talking about a field goal or even giving up a touchdown like on their first possession, whatever, a trick play, something like that early. I'm talking about if you're down, down, like double digits, 10, 14, 13, 17, 20. I'm just going to let you know it's going to be a long season. You better be right early, Matt Corral. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> we've been talking, Matt Corral. You better be right early, Will Rogers. You better be right early, Mike Leach. You better be ready to put the offense on the field and execute because this whole slow build, slow burn, get to where we're cooking with gas about five weeks into the season, it's going to break you in the SEC. It is going to break you in the SEC. You have, have, have to come out hot offensively if you're Mississippi State. Steve Robertson says that the defense will be much improved. Thinks Zach Arnett's taking the right steps, and maybe he is, but we're going to find out. You're going to have to be ready to go offensively week one. You got to beat Memphis. You got to beat at Arizona. You need to be 2-0 and heading to Baton Rouge. 2-0 and heading to Baton Rouge, and then it, you know, we'll see what happens. Feels like a long shot that Mike Leach could go 2-0 and in Louisiana to start his career in the SEC, but stranger things have happened. John Bond never lost to Louisiana State University. So there you go. I mean, it's, it proves it can happen. But a little bit different talent composite down on the bayou than when they were playing back in the 80s. Things are a little bit tougher down there in the bayou as the LSU Tigers, a composite top five recruiter, just they churn it. They churn the talent down there in Baton Rouge. So uh, you got to be 2-0 going into the LSU game if you're Mississippi State. Got to be 2-0, and the offense has got to get moving early if you want success this season. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. 
Brought to you, of course, by Fleetway Market. Fuel up at Fleetway this football season. Fuel up at Fleetway. Check out the Market Cafe in Gluckstadt. That's right, the Market Cafe in Gluckstadt. Where you want to be for a great Southern cooked meal that you don't have to cook. That's right. Southern cooked meal you don't have to cook, and that's what we all love. Check out the Market Cafe at Fleetway Market in Gluckstadt or stop by any one of their 24 locations in and around the metro area. We were talking Matt Corral. I want to get back into that. We got some audio from Matt Corral. Look, it's been the hottest topic on on the socials, on the message boards, since it dropped yesterday. Matt Corral, former Ole Miss quarterback, current third-string QB. That's right, third-string QB for the Carolina Panthers. Came out yesterday at Panthers training camp. He was asked a question about competing for the starting job at training camp for the Panthers. And he referenced his time at Ole Miss and said that he regretted going somewhere where he did not have to compete for a job. You know, I'm going to take us back to where I, where I decided to go to college. Um, I took the easy way because I, I felt like I could play right away. Right? And knowing what I know now and trusting my instinct and trusting my, my work, my work ethic, you know, I would have went to a place that would have made me compete. Mm-hmm. So um, with, with that being said, you know, who does it? Like the best of the best, they want competition. And I think for this room, it's, it's, it's going to be a great co- uh, competition because, you know, we're all competitors in that room and we all, we're all going to make, um, we all understand, you know, what the job is to get done and we're going to do it. Sports Illustrated took took that 40-second clip and wrote an article, and they said, Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral regrets going to Ole Miss. Yikes. Now, I'm shocked, personally, that they that Matt Corral and his group has not come out and said, hey, ho, oh, time out. That's wrong. Sports Illustrated misconstrued my comments. I love Ole Miss. I love my time there, whatever. We haven't seen any of that. Where's the where is the PR return from Matt Corral and his agent and his people around? Like what? Why are you not combat, combating this narrative that you didn't enjoy your time at Ole Miss that you regret going to Ole Miss? I'm shocked. I am shocked that Matt Corral's group has not come out and said something. You got look. Even if that's what you meant, and you're Matt Corral, and you don't, you regret that you went to. Ole Miss, you can't, you gotta, you gotta go on. You gotta go on and say, hey, oh, time out. That wasn't what I said. Instead, now Ole Miss facing a little bit of PR firestorm from their former quarterback. And the guy who I personally believe is the best quarterback to wear the red and blue. That's right. Matt, I, Matt Corral over Eli Manning in a heartbeat. And I don't even want to hear Archie's name. Get into the 21st century, people. Out of bounds, ESPN 1059 the zone. Coming up later today, we have Tom Luganville, ESPN College Football Insider at 9.30. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place 
got your happy price, price line. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. The Out of Bounds Show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Uh, good morning. Welcome in. The show is powered by the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbooks. They've got their win totals up. Go ahead and dive in. Make some Christmas money. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. The Out of Bounds Show. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Our TV graphics are messing with me, but that's all right. Uh, you can watch the show right now on Facebook. Search the Out of Bounds Show. Okay. You can watch the show on Facebook, search the Out of Bounds Show, and you can watch the show on YouTube, search Out of Bounds Sports. Got that? Facebook is the Out of Bounds Show, and uh, YouTube is Out of Bounds Sports. We want to welcome in our friend Mike Dettelier, Mike D, LSU Insider, WWL Radio TV, New Orleans. He joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line, and we're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. Mike D., we had a Luganbill mention, Tom Luganbill mentioned he called the LSU spring game, and he said that uh, he wouldn't be surprised if Nussmeyer uh, won the job. Obviously, Miles Brennan's been there forever. Um, I think there's one other guy that may be into consideration. Would you be surprised if if Nussmeyer won the job? I thought he was. I thought Garrett was the most improved player from a year ago on that LSU team. I really did. Uh, he was a gunslinger. He didn't like the moniker, but that's exactly what he was a year ago. He was a gunslinger. You know, uh, he's a little bit different than other LSU quarterbacks that we've seen, and that. He's barely six foot tall. Um, he's a movement guy. He throws well off the run. Uh, he's very confident uh, as a player, uh, extremely. And I think maybe a little bit too much so, maybe year one. And he's got some experience. I saw improvement in his reads and his recognition skills. And knowing a few guys that are on the staff today, they brought that up to me that he has gotten better uh, in that category of reads and recognition. So it wouldn't be a total shock to me. I still think Miles is the guy. Um, but I think Garrett is right there. The The other players, Jaden Daniels from Arizona State, who started for two seasons uh, for the Sun Devils, Year one, I thought he played really well. Uh, he's a tremendous athlete, a uh, long, lanky, uh, lengthy guy that's got tremendous foot speed. And um, 
what we saw a year ago at Arizona State was an offensive line that couldn't protect him well. He was erratic throwing the football. And his receivers, it was no better than 50-50 if they were going to catch any pass he threw to them. So he went through the transition uh, in the spring. So I think what told me it was Miles Brennan was every year uh, for Manning, Archie will go to the head coach and say, I I don't want a quarterback controversy here. I I don't want him answering 5,000 questions about who he's up against. Give me your number one guy. Brian Kelly sent Miles Brennan. Okay. So maybe Luganville isn't aware of that, but but I get where he's coming from with Garrett. That I did think he was the most improved player from a year ago, especially on offense. There's no question about it. Uh, but he's a little bit different. He's not your six foot three quarterback. Uh, he's your six foot quarterback, and man, he makes some plays now, and he is supremely confident as a player. He really is. Uh, but I, I think if you started the season tomorrow, it would be Brennan. Okay, but but you feel like um, well, even right now, coming out of the spring, but in August that it, it'll be really close between Garrett Nussma. Is it Nuss or Noose? It's Nussmeyer. Nuss. Between yeah, Nussmeyer and, and Miles Brennan, you feel like it will be super competitive and really close, Mike? Yeah, I think all three. Uh, because J- Jaden brings that running ability. Now, I do know Brian told us twice, on, on both times we've had him on WWL, that, you know, I'm not crazy about, you know, alternating quarterbacks. But if I had to, I would. If I have to, I will. Uh, so I think what he's telling you is I would like a clear-cut winner. and that, uh, But that doesn't mean I'm in bed with him forever. So let, let's say Miles gets denied, and maybe there's a rough road. I don't think he would have any issue. Because he's not married to any of these guys. He really isn't. Now, the one guy he is married to is the freshman Walker Howard. And so this was the Saturday of the Manning camp, and Archie decides that he's going to invite all of the LSU quarterbacks to come in if they wanted to. And all of them did. Walker Howard, Garrett Nussmeyer, Jaden Daniels, they all came in along with, uh, well, Miles was already there uh, for two days. And... Uh, <laughs> The oohs and ahs weren't about Garrett Nussmeyer and Jaden. It was Walker Howard. Mm. And and he's the future. He's the future at quarterback. No question. Okay. So And so that brings another that brings another stick in the spoke uh with all of this. And so you know, you can tell Walker's got Walker's got some talent. And he, man, he's got some arm talent. And you know, again, you know, with his dad was a former starting quarterback at LSU, and Jamie Howard, and uh, he's he's a very talented young man. But again, he's a true freshman. I, I think they'd really like to redshirt him if they could, 
to redshirt him this year. And then, you know, next year I think he would be the, to me, the clear front runner for the job in 2023. Mm -hmm. All right. So Miles Brennan is in his sixth year. uh... (laughs) Yeah, it was one of the funniest lines of the Manning camp. Uh, Walker brought up to him, yeah, he says, uh, Miles, I remember when you signed with LSU. I was in the seventh grade. Really? (laughs) And you figure out the math, that's true. What? Uh, Yeah, Miles was in the seventh grade. I mean, Walker was in the (laughs) seventh grade. And so, you know, Miles got a kick out of Walker saying it. But it, it's it's true. I mean, you know, Miles is like a ten year veteran, uh, <laughs> so to speak, uh, at LSU, and so um, yeah, you know, he's he's been through a lot, and a lot, you know, he's had some injuries along the way, and he's been so and, close, Mike. I mean, he he was playing well a couple of years ago and got injured. And he I mean, gets, he got injured in the Vanderbilt. Oh uh, man, I mean, uh, he got injured in that game and um, against Missouri and. You know, he tried to come back from that and couldn't. And he went to see a lot of specialists for that. And it was normally an injury you would suffer in a car crash, is what doctors told him. And so he came back from that. I still believe... Now, some of them who tell you, oh, I knew he, I knew it was going to be Max Johnson last year. Well, I do know who I was talking to. And he was the head coach. And if had Miles been healthy, he would have been the starter. Now I'm not saying he'd have held on to it, but then he gets injured. He gets uh, he was uh, out of fishing camp, and he gets uh, a shoe caught, you know, in a in a stare, and he takes a tumble and oh, no. uh, breaks his shoulder. And so, um, you know, the guys that tell you that other stuff, and they got a couple of them. That you know they they got insider information, but I don't know who they get it from. Uh, I do know who I got it from, and, and I think Miles would have been the guy uh, had he not gotten hurt. Now, could he have held off Max throughout the season? That would have been the big question. But uh, you know, he, he didn't get that opportunity, and looked as though he was headed to Nebraska. And at the last minute, you know, Brian Kelly comes in and says, "No, I want you to stay." It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Your SEC insider hit. 
this morning is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Don't forget that uh, not only can you listen to this interview live with our friend Tom Luganville, but you can go back later today. You can hit Apple Podcasts and or Spotify, search Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds, and listen to, if you've if you're going into a meeting right now or you only get seven to ten minutes of it, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, search Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds. We're live in the Bank Plus studio, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Our guests join us on the Corona Premier Guest Line, and we welcome in Tom Luganville. Uh, Lugs, whoa, Lugs is in a car, it sounds like. Um, Lugs, I want to talk Jimbo Fisher again, and you may have to be a little cautious on this, more so than us, because I know you still cover these guys and have to interview them on the field and on Fridays before games and other platforms and so on. But, um, yeah, I think Jimbo is is overrated and runs an antiquated offense, and I don't think he's willing to adapt and evolve like a Saban did and others, but maybe I'm wrong. Do you think that Jimbo is willing, now that he's bringing in all this elite talent, you know all these prospects because you had this stuff up on ESPN, uh, do you think that he is willing to adapt and evolve on offense at the level where they can have a special season in the next two, three, four, five years? No, I don't think he's willing to do that offensively. That's just not in his makeup. Um, just like it's not in his makeup to hire somebody else to coach the offense. I just that's that's never going to be what he's about. But I got to be honest with you, Bo. I don't think it's as much about you know offensively is he willing to tweak and is he willing to evolve and and maybe kind of do some of the things that we've seen Lane Kiffin do or Steve Sarkeesian do and some of the shifts and the changes that they've made philosophically. I think the bigger issue and the bigger question is when are they going to be better than an eight and four program? Because I was on college football live last Friday and we were talking about, you know, the sec West and the predictive. And, you know, we keep talking about this, this roster that they have and the recruits that they're bringing in. The reality of the situation is that Texas A&M has had two 10-win seasons since 1998. <laughs> two. So the rest of the time, it's been 6-7, six 7-6, and 9-4, seven, seven and and 8-4, and 8-5. So you're not getting to Atlanta unless you're winning a minimum of 10. And that's probably not going to do it. Right. Which means that you have to win 11, at least, and then what you can't do, you know, we can sit here and say, well, they, they, they beat Alabama last year. You're right, they did, but Alabama doesn't go and lose to Arkansas and Ole Miss and, MSU. and, uh, and LSU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mississippi State, they don't do that. So it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, the only way that program, whether it's an offensive philosophy, a defensive philosophy, they've got to actually start performing – to the level of which they're expected to, because right now the reality is they are an eight and four program. Uh, how much, how much feedback do you think Jimbo Fisher is willing to accept, take in, um, on a week to week basis from his offensive staff, Luke's? Uh, probably very, very little. I think that. Agree. 
as with any offensive staff, you know, you go in and you start to break everything down and you, and you meet up as a staff and you come up with, with, you know, your ideas and your thoughts for that week and what you think's going to be the core foundation of the game plan. And then you make tweaks as you go. And, but at the end of the day, he's going to call the plays. He's going to do what he's comfortable with. Obviously he's going to, he's going to take perspectives and viewpoints during the course of the game from upstairs uh, to help him navigate his play sheet. But I, I don't think that there are really any influences on that staff that would be getting him to either change his mind or uh, go about it a different way. I think at the end of the day, there there's only one person involved uh, in, in, in that dynamic, and that's him. Okay. So that tells me they'll never play for it, um, regardless of – how many uh, ESPN 100 players, not even three, yeah. 100 players he signs. These awesome edge rushers, arguably, you've been in the business forever. Some people, we'll see what they are on the field. Arguably yeah. on paper, the best defensive class in the history of modern day recruiting college football. And that mm-hmm. tells me that he will not get there. Because here, here's, you know this guy I'm about to reference. You've known Sean Payton since the early 90s or whenever. When I read that book, okay, by Jeff Duncan, and it was so good and so behind the scenes, but when I read what Sean did week to week putting together his offensive game plan in the NFL and how much he, he feedback he received from Joe Lombardi and Carmichael and these very, very talented assistants, that impressed me, Tom, because, um, here he is, Sean Payton, Lombardi winning, uh, Super Bowl winning uh, coach, been to the playoffs a ton of times. And it was unbelievable how much he relied on those two guys throughout the week to put together his offensive game plan. If Jimbo's not going to do that, he's never going to leapfrog Alabama. And if for some reason, like you said, he goes 8 0 or 7 1, which I don't see, and gets to Atlanta, he'll still get tripped up somewhere to Georgia or somewhere else. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, he, he might. I mean, uh, I think that, you know, the one thing that I've, I've always kind of found interesting is, um, and you and you brought up Nick Saban and, and, and some of the changes and the shifts that he's made, and that is the, the use of the athletic quarterback and purposefully utilizing their feet and their legs and having that be a, a normal part of, the offensive game plan every week, no matter what, we're going to force the defense to have to defend quarterback run. And for whatever reason, that is not something that Jimbo has really ever believed in, and nor has he recruited to it. I mean, whether it was Christian Bonder, whether it was EJ Manuel, whether it was Jameis Winston, uh, whether it was DeAndre Francois, uh, we saw Kellen Mond, uh, Dak Calzada. <laughs> I mean, I can, uh, Haynes King, I can go on and on and on. But that's just not what they've recruited to and and what they're going to be for whatever reason. Okay. All right, I want to switch gears on somebody, uh, Urban Meyer. Why? It's interesting looking at these guys and what makes them tick and why they're either good or why they're great. And it's easy to beat up on Urban Meyer right now. And he made plenty of mistakes in Jacksonville. But he's one of the greatest college coaches ever. Right. 
why was he great everywhere? Why was he great at Bowling Green? Great at Utah, great at Florida, great at Ohio State. What what made him a great coach and was able to run a great program wherever he was? I think he's an outstanding talent evaluator, and I think he hired recruiters first, coaches second, uh, in the sense that they were guys were going to they were there to make sure that they had the best possible athletes available to them. And then of course, you know, everybody has a, a process and a foundation and they're, they're going to do things the way they feel they need to do and, you know, find guys that are the right fit and all that sort of thing. But I don't think he's ever been a guy that's put X's and O's above talent. He's never put game plans among, uh, above players. It's always been the other way around. And I think, Anybody who's been successful in the, especially in the sport of football, because the, the, the rosters are so big and you have so many people on the field at the same time, it's, it's the guys that understand that it's about players are are the guys that over the long term of their contract seem to have the the, the biggest level of success. So you know, you look at Nick Saban; that entire program is player driven. It's player evaluation driven it's player development driven it's not driven by x's and o's it's not driven by scheme and um and and then all you've got to do is look at some people that um have been at places where they've been unbelievably successful all right and then all of a sudden they go somewhere else they don't have as good of players and they're not now they're not as successful as they've been before right and and i i mean it's just you know, like I always say, like, Will Muschamp didn't all of a sudden take stupid pills. You know, Will Muschamp has, you know, been at a lot of places. Really, have got a lot of elite players, and he's coached a lot of elite defenses. But that wasn't the case at South Carolina. They weren't, you know, as good or going to be as good as, you know, the, the people that Georgia and Alabama and, the, and those folks were, were playing with. You could say the same thing about Jeremy Pruitt at – at, uh, at Tennessee as a head coach. He didn't have the players he had at, at Georgia, Florida State, and Alabama. So it, for Urban Meyer, and I think any other head coach worth their salt, it's got to be player-driven. Can't wait to see what he's going to do. Um, obviously, TV will always be there. But um, you, because you know he's not going to enter back into the market, Lugs, in anywhere other than a top-five our top 10 program, and we just had all these jobs that were filled. So, I mean, he's not taking a Michigan State or an Oklahoma State, so or an MSU or an Ole Miss. Um, I mean, the only ones are, are, are top five. I don't even know if there's 10 Blue Blood programs. I think we claim that there are. But whatever that yeah. looks like, uh, it will, it, won't it be fascinating if he does enter the college football market again to see what would motivate him? to leave the nest of TV money? Yeah, and again, I think you would have to be a place where you can legitimately have a chance to win a national championship. I know I know he's always liked the Penn State job. He thinks that's a an elite level job. Um, but but you're Oof. right. I mean he's not he's not gonna go back into coaching and go coach at Illinois or Purdue or, you know, uh, you know even like a Maryland. That's just he, he He's beyond that now. He doesn't need to have those headaches. Uh, maybe Texas, if Sark doesn't get it going, we'll we'll see what yeah. plays out there. 
You know who I was impressed with uh, last week um, is Billy Napier. I um, mm-hmm. thought Napier did a good job at SEC Media Days. He seems to be, uh, you know, mature, and he grew up, and he did all these things. He's been super successful. And even though he got fired at Clemson, things worked out. Uh, the two Alabama stints at ULL or UL now, he did a magnificent job. Yep. He did throw this out. Um, you know, he said, I, I think the roster turnover is going to be at, at about 30% every year. So he, he gets the new part and the sure. offense. You know, we're always looking for who's the next guy. And the next guy is kind of Dabo, and we're kind of tired of him. And so he could be it. Do you have confidence that he could be the next guy in college football who's young, up-and-comer, and landed in what we think is a blue-blood program? Yeah, I, I, I believe so. I mean, he's listen, he's going to have a plan. If you listen to him talk, you can tell that he's very careful. He's careful with his words. He doesn't say a lot. Um, he doesn't reveal much. Um, but he's, he's got a calculated plan, and he knows what he wants to do. You know, the question is going to be, and I think, you know, you, you talk to people that have coached at the University of Florida. It's, you know, it's, it's one of those places where maybe it looks like it's a blue blood or a difference maker type program, but then you have to ask yourself internally, administratively, do they treat it that way? You know, I mean, for, for them to be so far behind, whether it was an indoor practice facility, which just came to fruition in the last decade, right? Uh, whether it's a football operations facility, which is still being constructed now. I mean, they, they have not been at the forefront of keeping up with everybody. They've lagged behind. And so, you know, if he gets the administrative help, I don't think there's any question that his plan of attack and the way he'll go about it will be successful. It looks like to me Scott Strickland, the AD at Florida, had, you know, went to the president, maybe the board of directors, and said, here's, if y'all really want to win, um, again, like they did years ago, uh, this will be the commitment that we have to, this will be the road and the path and it looks like Billy's been able to hire like 40 people and you know all this kind of oh, stuff yeah. that say and so to me and you mentioned the the facility that they're going to move into which is looks unbelievable it looks like the commitment will be there really for the first time ever because i think you've been down there a bunch people don't understand sure. what Spurrier and Urban were in those were not nice f- football facilities Luke's no i mean th- think about it in this day and age University of Florida's football staff is literally housed in one end zone of the stadium. <laughs> I mean, nobody, nobody does that anymore. I mean, that's, I mean, it, it's unbelievable. And, you know, you mentioned what Scott Strickland is trying to do, what they're trying to do. It, it's, it's very similar to what Clemson did do, mm-hmm. you know, and I've, and I've spoken to you this, uh, about this before, you know, as a university, Clemson unapologetically essentially said, Football is going to run this university, and it's going to be the driving force of everything that we do. It's our biggest revenue producer, so we're going to go all in on it. We're going to invest, and if you don't like it, there's the door. But if we do this, you what enrollment sky high. You've got applications for enrollment sky high. You've got facility upgrades. You've got uh, upgrades on academic buildings. You have commerce in your community skyrocketing. And it's all because of an investment that the university decided to make. But it has—it can't just be a coach or an AD 
you got to have the university backing it, saying, okay, yeah, we're behind this. This is what we're doing, and everybody's going to succeed because of it. That's what Florida needs to do. And Kirby did that at Georgia. No Uh, doubt. You know, as good as Rick was, it still wasn't at the commitment level of of Alabama and LSU uh, at that time. No, not even close. No. But I wonder if Florida can really – I mean, they're doing it. I wonder if they can go all the way with because they they're so and they should be they're so proud that they're a top five public university and a top five research university. Mm-hmm. You know they've already got this. You mentioned Clemson and no doubt. I mean Dabo is is responsible for this ex, explosion explosion of on campus uh, enrollment and yeah. money now going to engineering and business even more. Um, Yep. You know, Florida's already, Florida already Florida already chooses the best of the best for the most part. Um, yeah. I just wonder if they can go all the way with it, but it looks like they're doing that. Um, all right. Hey, the rumors swirling last night mm-hmm. over Stanford and Cal Berkeley that, yeah. that they will be joined. I, I get it, right? I mean, they're that they could be joined because of the Bay Area and this and that together and move to the big 12 um and because it's not what stanford wants and and i think people make too much of a cultural fits but whatever i mean as far as who they think they are and what they are no doubt academically and and so on but that there has been some talks over the last two to three days maybe longer um and that there was there is some serious consideration about moving to the Big 12 because they kind of realize there may not be an option depending on if Oregon and Washington go another route, Luke's. Oh, yeah, there's no question. You know, like I said, everybody's jockeying for position so that when the music stops, they're not left without a chair. <laughs> right. So you better find a landing spot, you know? Well, that would be wild. I mean, Cal Berkeley really doesn't bring anything to the table except uh, no academically and so on. But yeah. but um, Stanford, as you said, has won wins across the board. And then Phil Knight is you know he's kind of playing both. He's a major donor to both Oregon and Stanford and loves both of them. Undergrad Oregon MBA at Stanford, and evidently you know he's trying to drive Oregon somewhere cool and fun so that they can still be a part of the VIP party. And then he's also trying to drive Stanford somewhere. I mean, this is fascinating to me. Stanford, to me, just seems like such a better Big Ten fit. You know, you, you, they, they, they fit the academic profile. They play and look like a Big Ten team. They would fit in physically really, really well. Uh, that one just seems to make sense to me. But who knows? We'll see where this all ends up. Yeah. Well, and Oregon and Washington are throwing out a, you know, Hey, the the revenue share has to be uh, tiered out a different. It's not everybody just gets the same amount. And look, I don't. Right. Bl- it may not work for them. I, look, I can't imagine if those two teams are left without a chair. But it could happen if the Big Ten is going to hold and wait on Notre Dame, Tom. Oh, there's no question. And and you know you're you're going to start hearing a lot more grant of rights discussions because that's where the holdup is with the ACC is, you know, we can talk all we want about Clemson and Florida state and Miami and all this and that, but they can't go anywhere. They got 14 years left on a grant of rights. 
that they would have to go to court to get out of. But the discussion you're going to continue to hear is what you just mentioned is, is revenue sharing. I don't know going forward if it's going to be equal across the board. There are going to be programs and schools that are going to go, uh-uh-uh. We bring in way more than those six other schools do. So we're going to get this percentage cut, and they're going to get that percentage cut. And that's, I think, where this discussion is going to continue to go. All right, we'll leave it there. Yeah, the Grant of Rights, boy, the ACC commissioner, the new one, I mean, he Ooh. says Grant, Grant of Rights like every seven seconds the last couple of weeks. He's letting them. Because it's killing him. <laughs> yeah, because he's letting Clemson and Florida State and Miami and North Carolina, whoever, you know, he, he's letting them know. Uh, you know, everybody's staying here or you'll be sued for two or 300 million, whatever that number is from now until 2036. If they, if they ran the numbers on TV media rights, uh, so they've kind of, that was a bad, they thought it was a good Swafford. I think was the commissioner at that point. They, they thought it was a good deal when everything was disrupted last time. And now Mm -hmm. Dabo Swinney and, and Norvell and, and others are like, Damn, I wish we hadn't. I mean, they didn't do it, but I wish we hadn't assigned that grant of rights. Don't you agree? Oh, there's no question. There's no doubt about it. Um, but it will be interesting because as, as as we're seeing with a lot of things intercollegiate athletics right now, it's everything seems to go through the court system now, right? And right. so if all of a sudden there's opportunities in other conferences or to join something and potentially double or triple your revenue, and you're stuck in, there's going to be there are going to be some some legal battles over all of this because the the Clemson's or the Florida States or whoever the North Carolinas or the Miami's they're they're not going to just sit idly by and get left behind no it's early do you know where you're heading week one nope got no clue (laughs) okay Tom Luganville national college football analyst with ESPN he joined us on the corona premier guest line have a great week buddy see you man all right man you too see ya Tom Luganville on the Out of Bounds Show. That was fun. Show is brought to you by Highball Eats, new restaurant in Fondren, open for lunch and dinner. It's right there by the Capri Movie Theater in Fondren. Highball Eats, uh, Robert St. John and Partners created a Highball Eats restaurant, of course, the Capri and Highball Lanes. But it's a restaurant first and foremost. And they have taken the uh, greatest hits from Robert St. John's restaurants in Hattiesburg, including Crescent City Grill, um, El Rio, Tabella, all those restaurants. And they have created a menu for highball eats in Fondren. Check it out. Uh, Amazing sandwiches, gumbo, uh, super fresh seafood, Tex-Mex bowls, all at Highball Eats in Fondren, open for lunch and dinner. They do have parking there right behind the back. There's plenty of parking. I know in Fondren that can get a little dicey. But Highball Eats has plenty of parking, open lunch and dinner, and it's the greatest hits from Robert St. John's restaurants in Hattiesburg. Try it out this week. Dave Bar 2, 930 on win totals. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.